Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everyday Linux, episode 47, Mega News Update, also known as 26 Minutes Late, but it's okay, I have candy. (laughs) (laughs) So it is Easter Sunday as we record this, and I would like to say that's the reason that we're 26 minutes late and actually don't have a topic, but the fact is we're just kind of lazy, and the fact that it was a holiday was just a good excuse, but we're all a little hyper on candy. Uh, so it should be an exciting and entertaining show, at least for us. I don't know if it will be for the rest of you. <laughs> but do we really care? <laughs> <laughs> so joining me this week are the regular hosts of the show. And you should know them by now, but still, it says in the notes that I should introduce them. So I'm going to Mr. Aaron Butler, the Linux noob in resident. What's going on, Aaron? I ate a six-inch chocolate bunny. Was it hollow or solid? Solid. Oh, wow. That's entire bunny. Bunny. It was 190 bunny. calories oh, we'll soon. That's for all? four servings. Oh, okay. Yeah. 190 <laughs> calories four <laughs> times. Okay. 970, 60 calories it was. Wow. That's awesome. And it was worth every bite. And that yeah. voice is Mr. Chris Neves, the command line godfather. Hey, Chris, what's going on? I have way too much sugar in my system to be sitting here <laughs> right now, but that's okay. You just have to deal with me being all sorts of Fonzie looking. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and they say that kids get hyped up on chocolate, but uh, you know, the, what the youngest one here is in his mid thirties, and uh, and we're just as bad. So wait, too much sugar and has two thumbs. This guy, me <laughs> too. And also with me this week in studio in Podpod Two Point Pod Rules, Mister Seth Anderson. Hey, Seth, what's going on? I ate my entire caloric allotment at cookies during lunch today. <laughs> so, I have a question for you, Seth. Were sure. you able to enter the pod pod via a door? Yes, there is a door. We are high tech. Actually, if you turn your camera just a little bit, you can show them the door. That's, i got to turn my whole computer. So show them the door, Seth. <laughs> There's the door. door. You can see wow. I, have, I have yet to do any soundproofing around the door. I will have to come back and do that later. Once Walmart uh, restocks. Yeah, and that was literally... Um, a, a leftover door that was like in my garage when we moved into this house in 1999. And so when I was building the pod pod, I was like, Hey, I get to use this door. The pod pod's green. That's right. Um, <laughs> however, uh, if, if you look at it and you really, I can't get a shot of it, but, uh, it is cut like, like the, a slippery wind wet sign on the road because the door itself was so badly warped that when I tried to hang it, uh, it was just, it, we kept looking at it going, is the door frame is, is off. It's just not level. It turned out, no, the frame was fine. The door itself was crazy. So anyway, and my name is Mark Cockrell coming to you also from the pod pod 2.0, my new home away from home, which isn't away from home. My home in the garage of home, <laughs> home within a home. Wrapped in and so we have told you guys, uh, a number of times that we depend on you for show titles, show topics. And we've also told you a number of times that we're out of show topics, that we're totally uh, bereft of any ideas and uh, ran out of original and unique content. Uh, roughly, it's show seven. Uh, so uh, <laughs> We made it that long? Yeah, oh, yeah. We've been flying by the seat of our pants for a while now. And evidently, oh, pants fly well. Yeah. <laughs> And so uh, you let us down this week. You didn't give us any show topics. So like uh, Tuesday, usually on Tuesdays, Chris sends an email and says, uh, we got any show topics? And somebody comes up with something. 
Well, today, uh, this week, even Tuesday, Chris didn't even bother to do that. Wednesday, nothing. Thursday, I send out an email. Hey, anybody got any show topics? Friday afternoon, Chris replies with, nope. <laughs> I couldn't hear it over the sound of the crickets chirping. Yes. So. And so Saturday comes and still nothing. And guess what? Today is Sunday. So I sent an email today and said, let's gather up all the Linux news we can find, and we'll call this a mega news update, also known as a punt. We dropped back 10 yards and we punted. So, <laughs> And this, since we're all hyped up on sugar, it should be entertaining. Yeah. Yes. So this show. That's the episode title, Mark. Dropkick Linux. <laughs> So this no, week, probably we're just gonna, a distro called that. We're just going to talk about uh, some of the things going on this week in the news uh, because it was easy and we don't actually have to do anything. So we're going to read articles and comment on them uh, in a very superficial manner. So this is the part where you feel free to dis- delete the, the podcast now. Hey, you've already downloaded. I've already got the numbers. I don't really care if you listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> we strive for transparency here at the Open Network. <laughs> We want you to know how we really feel about you, the listener, and what you mean to us. You're a number, a single-digit number. <laughs> yes, a very, very small number. We love our everyday Linux listener. And <laughs> yes. the more numbers you are, the happier we are. You know, it's funny. I oh. got a, uh, as I mentioned, I got a new phone, <clears throat> and so I put uh, all my apps on it, and it's, it went back and re-downloaded like all my podcasts because it was starting over from scratch. And everything was on on watch. So hundreds of podcasts started downloading. And I thought, you know, that's really annoying. But then I thought, I'll let it go. I'll just boost the numbers. So, you know, Twit and Revision <laughs> 3 and all that. They all got extra numbers out of me as I downloaded <laughs> dozens of shows uh, over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, oh, nice. that would be some good information to make readily available when you get a new device. Or if, even if you switch platforms, how can you start downloading with the show you were on? You know, is there should be some setting. Just a thought. There's my two cents for the show. See y'all next week. David B. in the chat room says he wants to be listener number 12. Your name badge is in the mail. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> I declare David B. is listener number 12. Boom. Bring out So sell it, B. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, so sorry for the guy that gets number me. two. I watched. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> number two. Uh, so I was watching. Um, the, what is the, the Easter story? I, I've forgotten the name of it. The Ten Commandments. There we go. Uh, ABC shows it every year on Easter Eve, and it's four and a half hours of, uh, of what was it? Uh, Jeff Jarvis uh, of, of the City University of New York uh, posted on Google+. Is the Ten Commandments the world's longest Saturday Night Live skit, or is it just me? And so the whole time I'm watching it, I'm thinking, that's exactly what it looks like. It looks like a four-hour Saturday Night Live I remember the old woman going, Moses! (laughs) I I cannot get that scene out of my head. Moses! Every time I see Yul Brynner, (laughs) I'm thinking, it's Mike Myers. So I think I they ran out of cotton doing Charlton Heston's beard. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) So anyway, I, that doesn't have anything to do with anything, but I was watching that movie and it, it just showed me how unsophisticated audiences were in 1960 or whatever when that came out. It was basically a play on film, complete with like bad play stage props uh, yeah. that, you know, that you would get away with in the theater, uh, in the 1960s theater. It reminded me of community theater, actually, uh, but it's still one of the, supposed to be one of those classic, and I can't ever see 
Every time I see Charlton Heston holding up those Ten Commandments, saying, These are the commandments of the Lord, I follow it up with, Get your damn hands off of me, you dirty ape. Uh, <laughs> you well, know, all I can ever think about is then when he is, is the, uh, the spoof, the uh, history yeah, of the world, you know, the 15. 15, 10, 10 commandments. Yeah. That's horrible. You thought, I mean, yeah. I'm a believer of the Ten Commandments, but just that, that line is stuck in my head forever. You know, but maybe on the flip side, maybe they had a better imagination because they didn't have a glut <sighs> right. of technology and stuff that we do today. So, speaking of that, actual warm up topic. I watched uh, the Adventures of much most of the Adventures of Tintin today. Yeah, uh, anybody seen that besides me? Anybody? I mean, millions of people Not have seen I. it. Have you guys seen it? No, I haven't seen it. It's on my list. It's based off of a Belgian comic. Um, Isn't it like and, old? I mean, what? Yeah, from the fifties. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and actually, it was the inspiration for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Steven Spielberg has loved it for years. It's about this young reporter who does all this investigation, all these adventures and everything. And it's an, it's one of the newest motion capture movies out there. And I have to say, Mark, talking about the stage setting, this is just the opposite. Where when the movie rolled up, I couldn't tell if they had superimposed uh, motion capture uh, digital characters on a real set. Or if the background was actually digital also. It took me a couple of minutes to go, okay, yeah, that is digital. It was that realistic looking. It, it was absolutely incredible. Weta, you know, Peter Jackson's uh, New Zealand special effects company did uh, the special effects for it. And um, so it was a joint collaboration between Peter Jackson, Steven Spielberg, and all the millions of people that they own. I mean, employ. And uh, just... The, the It was visually just stunning. It was the most realistic looking. It was, it was like the difference between... Uh, the original Lord of the Rings from like the 70s that they did where they colored the people in pan panel by pan panel and then the Polar Express and then from the Polar Express to the <laughs> I mean, it was that, it was that realistic looking. But was it that a being good said, movie? That being said, it kind of drug. I ended up just looking on Wiki to find out what happened. We watched uh, Rango on, on Netflix yesterday. Mm -hmm. And Rango, the whole time I'm watching it, it's visually stunning. Some of the best animation ever. But the movie is terrible. It's like a bad acid trip that just won't end. <laughs> but the animation is stunning. Can you say Johnny Depp? Yes. Yeah. Anything with Johnny Depp in it is like that. In fact, they actually used a scene um, from uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. They actually used a scene from that animated with, with characters on it. I recognized uh, uh, the All scene because right. it's, you know, Johnny Depp and... Apparently, he's only allowed to do so many movies, and then they just reuse them. I, I'm not sure how that works. Yeah, he was sick that day, and so they still had to <laughs> animate, and they said, we'll throw this scene in. So, yeah, but the uh, way they did that movie was interesting. It was full-on motion capture. Right. Every scene was acted, and then they uh, put the digital stuff over the top of it. So it was really good. Uh, so anyway, uh, uh, happy Easter, everybody. I don't think I mentioned that. Uh, we, we, we just said it was Easter, but happy Easter. And for those of you in Australia, you're in the future. Tell us how it worked out. Uh, I think, <laughs> how was your Easter? Was it good? Um, anyway, okay. So, uh, Chris, your daughter said something funny. Ready, go. Oh, yes. Uh, she, well, we have a, a person who comes in and does the Easter bunny. You, know, you bring your kids in. You sit them on the lap to take a picture, and you go home. Um, my daughter, I love her to death, but she looked at her mom today or yesterday and said, Mommy, who's in the bunny suit? Straight face, no prompting, just flat out who's in the bunny suit. And then so, of course, my wife is going, uh, you know, trying not to, to 
dispel any thoughts and she almost immediately goes it must be the m&m guys the m&m guys are in the bunny suit your daughter said that yes my three-year-old daughter uh g duncan in the chat room that easter bunny wasn't real see the easter bunny is very busy uh, on these days and so chris had to have a friend come in and pretend just to help out not helpers. that the Easter Bunny isn't real. He's an Easter Bunny helper. Just like all those Santas at the mall, you know, he clearly can't be all of those guys. You have Santa's helpers. This was the Easter Bunny helper. Yes. Yeah, but the, the, the fact yeah. that she just came up with the whole idea that the M&M guys were in the bunny suit was just about enough to make me fall off the chair laughing. That's, that is very funny. Well, I can't stand it any longer. I've been looking at this in the warm up for in the last what forty five minutes now, <laughs> and it says we sold a goat. What does that mean, and who put it in there? I put that in there, and today we sold one of our goats. We uh, I didn't even know you had goats, Seth. Yeah, they make You've a been great. Out on me. They Everybody make a, in Texas has goats, Aaron. Didn't you know that? They make we a great agricultural goats. exemption. So sometimes um, when you're mad, you just you just gotta choke. You gotta a goat. choke a goat. Yeah, exactly. But you know, and uh, we spend less on goat feed than we do on the taxes they save, so they're good. And we actually uh, we sold one today, so that was cool. Now you know we only have like four more. We you have to pay sell. taxes on that, don't you? So now you have to pay taxes on your tax exemption. No, because the amount we spend in feed is less than the money we'll make selling them. So so you're gonna have to list the goat on your tax form, then itemize. The <laughs> Speaking of taxes in the U.S., that is one week from today. And I have not even gathered all my paperwork. I really should <gasps> think about doing that. My yes. Was back and spent already over two <laughs> months ago. I need, uh, I'm getting back over $2,500. I really should have done mine before now. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Seth. I appreciate not being the only one who hasn't done it. I haven't done my parents either. They keep bugging me about it. So, uh, Chris, you brought up something in the notes about your Kindle Fire that I also found in the, uh, um, the, asus transformer that i have and it's got a physical keyboard but uh you say your fire is missing a tab key i'm trying to remember what key my my uh uh asus transformers is missing and i think it's i think it's the dash or the greater than sign it's one of those two that i frequently use in my passwords and i can't do it because it literally doesn't exist it's not an alt key it's not a, it's just not there yeah and that's how my fire pad was until the last update when they rearranged the location of all the keys and added a tab key to all of the ones that use the native keyboard. So I thought that was interesting that for the longest time I couldn't do autocomplete in my terminal sessions. But now, as long as it's in there, I now can. Yeah, and, and not only that, but uh, the at least you've got a, a, a software upgradable keyboard. But mine's a physical keyboard that there's just... Nothing I can do. But uh, if you happen to be working on, oh, say, a tab-delimited database, <laughs> then what do you do? Exactly. Well, you Use probably a computer. Shouldn't doing, yeah, you probably shouldn't be doing that on your Kindle Fire. But it'd be fun, though. <laughs> okay. And just, go ahead, Aaron. I was going to say, you just, you just type uh, Control-F7, ASCII 249, and that'll... <laughs> I'm just kidding. With a <laughs> yeah, just use a computer. That's what you do. Okay. Somebody's reminding me that on the stream, I still have the we'll get started in a few minutes thing. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if anybody would actually ever actually notice um, if we didn't get started. 
So yeah, I, I like the professor messer, which glad to see the professor dropping in and says, he says the crawler's still on the video stream, unless, unless of course you're not going yet. It's just right. <laughs> if this isn't the real show, sorry, I didn't mean to. You can't you know. really tell the difference around here sometimes. Yeah. Uh, okay, and uh, we're '90s guys. What's that about? Uh, it's just a um, URL I found that has a list of a bunch of different stuff that we had in the '90s, and I thought you know since we were so overflowing with content, we could reminisce and look through them. But if we have other stuff to get to. Um, See, I think of myself more as an 80s guy than a 90s guy. Because by the time guy. the 90s came around, I was I was moving into college. Right. But did you not think Nerf guns were fun? Um, I still yes. think Nerf guns are fun. <laughs> yeah. That's just being a guy. I shot my guy. son with one yeah. two days ago. And the, uh, it showed the Nintendo Entertainment System, the original with the zapper and the duck hunt. Yes. Come on. That he rules. He-Man. He see, I yes. missed the He-Man thing and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Turtles. Oh, dude, I don't think I've ever actually seen an episode of that. I used to think He-Man was like the bomb cartoon. And I was walking through when they released the box set and me and a friend of mine just happened to see it. And we went, that's some of the crappiest animation I have ever seen in my life. But, you know, when you were a kid, I loved He-Man. But, well, see, uh, because no. I Thundercats. am. Yeah, Thundercats. Yeah, see, I, I, I should have missed the He-Man thing. I'm too old to have gotten into it, but I did anyway. Well, it was in it was in the eighties when the cartoon yeah. was on, uh, and of course there was the He Man movie that was so pathetic. Wait, with Dolph Lundgren, Lundgren. yes, yes. Well, uh, you know, do you know Dolph about, Lundgren has uh, an uh, has like four degrees from MIT. He's uh, uh, he's a super smart guy, like majored in genetic uh, physics or something like that. Engineering, that's how he got so big, yeah. Yeah. and has that amazing body, but he can only do terrible movies. But yeah. he gets paid for them, I'm sure, so he doesn't mind. Yeah. Somebody's I got to make you. that money. And now he shows up on Chuck, and really, he just shouldn't have. And the Expendables, don't forget that. He was on there. Aaron, I, used to watch, um, I used to watch uh, Thundercats every morning because I lived with this family when I first went to college, and we had a schedule where you know, we had we had four guys in the house, and we had to get up and take showers and order in the morning. So mine was a 6 o'clock shower, so I would get out of the shower, and at 6.30, I'd watch Thunder, uh, Thundercats from 6.30 to 7.00 every single day five days a week and it was awesome so yeah my phone goes off because i forgot to mute it and seth quickly scrambles to mute his everybody mute your phones let, the other let me be um, an object lesson to you rocking the motorola razor still yes the razor the original razor not the droid razor yeah no, the no. motorola flip phone in all its running glory. symbian Yes. If you uh, if you like Thundercats out there, Galen, I see you say Thundercats ho in the chat room. There's an awesome fan made trailer for a Thundercats movie. Uh, you need, really need to check it out. The person did an incredible job. They pulled a video from other movies, compiled it, and actually like did the face makeup and stuff. So they've got Vin Diesel out of pitch black, <laughs> looking like Panthro. I mean, it is awesome. <laughs> if you can post they've a got, link for that, I saw got, a fan made trailer Pitt from from uh, from Troy. Looking like uh, Chitara, I think, or one of them. It, it was incredible. I'll see if I can find it and stick it in the show notes. I saw a fan-made trailer once of Nathan Fillion as the Green Lantern. They uh -huh. took all stuff of, from Nathan Fillion, and, and they you know put him in with, uh, with the Green Lantern costume and everything. And it looked very real. It made me want to watch it. Yeah. Okay, so what's the next thing we have in the warm-up here? Chris, you're starting with a personal trainer. Nice. I am. How can you yeah, afford we that on your salary? Uh, he works with trade. Ah, okay. So the, the barter system is strong with this one, which is fine with me. <laughs> Geek services for, for workout services. Do you think Something you would like take that, goats? Yeah. 
God. See, there's another great show title. Do you think he would take goats? Wait, are we doing EDL or are we doing a periodic table So far, now? there doesn't seem to be much difference between the two. <laughs> but no, yeah, we're, we, we, <laughs> we went and had the, the introduction uh, interview with him last on Thursday or Friday or something. And yeah, we sat down and discussed what we're looking for and what he what we're hoping he can help us with. And there we go. I was once in the uh, field house where I work. Uh, working on the com- computer down there and the coaches were all in there and you know being a geek I don't I don't really live in coach world and so it came whatever time it was for all the coaches to be out there so I'm in this room working on a computer trying to solve something and like nine men come in and start ripping their clothes off and changing and I'm like you know, there's a dressing room right over there nah, we're coaches we don't care we let our dongs hang out all over the place and so they were they were all doing their thing and and one of the coaches this is, this is productive yeah one of the coaches Buck naked. I'm not kidding you. Buck naked stops what he's doing, walks up and stands behind me and says, man, I wish I was as good at computers as you were. And I started to say, man, I wish you were close. But what I, what I did, and I didn't turn around to look at him by, by, by any means. But what I said is if you hadn't spent so much time beating up guys like me in high school, you might know more about them now. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, awesome. that's my quick geek story. One more thing. Oh, wait, this looks like it might actually be about attack. And actually, I really hate this program, but I, I will I will let uh, whoever put this in there talk about it. Flux. Has to be Chris. Yeah, yeah that was me. I put it in there. Um, this is a program that I've hated as well, but I figured I'd give it another run. Um, what this program is. This should have been your command line tip of the week. But it's not a command line tip. It's just a program you install. It changes the... Yes, thanks, Mark, for that link. It changes the color tint of your screen. So in the morning, it's blue. It has a more blue tint. And then as the day goes on, it turns into a more of a warm tint. And I tried it a couple of times, and I thought it was a bunch of crap. And then just recently, I decided to give it another whirl after I got a notice of an update. And, you know, it's not half bad. And after staying up... What was it? Friday night, way too late. I noticed my eyes didn't quite feel so burnt when I went to bed, being that they were more. It was a more of a, a warm hue to the my computer screen. So if you're like all of us who spend way too much time in front of the computer, give it a try. You know, it only takes a couple seconds. Flux at the link in the show notes and on the in the chat room. Um, but take your, you know, be careful with it, or not be careful, but be warned when it shifts from the blue to the warm. You will look twice because it's like, oh my goodness, what just happened to my screen? And what really sucks is if you're doing any sort of digital artwork and trying to match up colors and the art you did yesterday afternoon doesn't look like the art you're working on this morning, even though it's the same file and it's maddening. But I Well, that's know. where they have the tick box now that says, you can, hey, I'm working on a picture, disable this for now. Yeah, see, and that's a good, because I found it almost impossible to turn off. Uh, yep. You couldn't disable it. I mean, there was a disable button, but didn't actually disable it. And I ended up just totally... That was a button just to disable that button. Yes. It's like, you know, this is the placebo button. Click Uh, here and we'll give you a big dose of placebo. This is a feature request. Would you like a disable button? (laughs) Click here. (laughs) I I actually installed it and gave it a whirl. And the the first first thing I did, Mark, was see if the button actually works now. And it does, which is why it's still sitting in my laptop running and not, Hmm. you know, thrown in the digital scrap heap. 
All right. So I, I, I saw it in a bog somewhere and thought it was interesting uh, and then tried it. And then it was like, how do I get this off of my system? Make it go away. And there's not, at least there wasn't, an uninstall. I had to go in and find the registry. It was like a virus. I had to go in and like use uh, WinEdit and not WinEdit. What is it? MS dot config and find where it was in the registry and, and turn it off. Yeah, and it was ridiculous, ridiculous. That's where um, Revo Uninstaller would come in handy, there, Mark. Yes, Revo Uninstaller is good, assuming you have it running when you install something. It doesn't necessarily work after the fact. Not always. Yeah, it does. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, not I, always. I find it. I find it work pretty good, especially the portable version. That's it's on, that's one of my uh, thumb drive tools. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, and uh, interesting uh, side note that doesn't really have anything to do with anything. Uh, on one of my other shows, the uh, Taiwan Teacher uh, Show. Wow, my, my it's late at night. My southern just came out. Taiwan. Um, anyway, uh, on that show, Run, Forrest. <laughs> on that show, we. Uh, we had a, go, a guest coming up this week, and I Googled that guest name, and the first search uh, hit that came up on Google, I clicked it, and it got me one of those uh, antivirus 2012 sort of things. Uh, oh, great. Which, yeah, I thought, A, doesn't bode well for that person, and B, I was on a Linux machine. So it's, it's like they're not even not even aware of what OS you're running. They don't care. And, and, and people would probably go ahead and buy it anyway. I know people who have. I've actually had two of my clients say hey that 2009 antivirus that i clicked on that stuff works pretty good i'm glad i spent the 40 bucks on it yeah but were you were they running linux <laughs> no yeah See, that's no they're running saying. windows they're i would hope that most linux users aren't go, are going to be more savvy than that but then again aren't we isn't that what we're advocating for is to move move linux to the less savvy user so that's an interesting sort of circular redundancy or something yeah, but still, you know not to go up and give your keys to a total stranger just because he says he's going to valet park your car. I mean. Well, do you? Have you ever asked for a valet's credentials? I never have. I don't like valet parking, so. <laughs> that, that was an interesting thing they did, I, uh, 2020 maybe. They put some guys in white coats out in front of hotels, and people just gave them their keys, and nobody asked. And, uh. I, I do that. I have Valley parked hundreds of times, well, dozens of times at least. And I never ask if they actually work for the establishment. I just, they're there, they have a white coat on, they must. See, I never have had ever done Valley parking, but I live in the sticks, so that's not an option here. Okay. How about we do something Linuxy, maybe? Like what, Bash Apple? Hey, there's a good idea. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and take us through that one, Chris. Oh, that was actually. Right. Oh, it was Seth. Yeah, that was actually yeah. my story. Go, uh, Seth. Go. Um, okay. Well, by the way, doesn't Seth's audio sound awesome this week? I know. Welcome everybody to the wonderful Pod Pod world. You too can have audio quality like this in Pod Pod 2.0 coming soon to a garage near you. That's very good. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, this is a story. Um, I was looking for some good Linux news, and. I thought it was nice that the flashback infection hit 700,000 Mac users. Um, it is apparently one of the largest Mac outbreaks. It's a, it's a vulnerability in Java that is designed to download other malicious payloads into an Apple machine. And for all of the Apple fanboys out there who point out, but it's not an Apple vulnerability. It's really an Oracle Java. Well, I mean, that's 90% of the Windows stuff. It's not Windows. It's Adobe. It's Oracle. Well, not it's only everything. that. Not so. only that, but uh, you, 
uh, Apple doesn't allow you to update Java independently, as I understand it. You've got to do it. I mean, it's bundled with their OS. They put out a Java update. Exactly. There, there's a Mac Java update that they have since uh, released, I think. Um, on Tuesday, they released it. Um, there was a great quote in here. Um, man, I can't find it. Um, uh, but anyway, it was just kind of, you know, one of those things where um, people who Mac, Mac users tend to be a little bit more smug and careless because they think they're invulnerable and Apple perpetrates the invulnerable OS. I mean, I'm going to stop you, Seth. Mac users are just smug. There's no reason for yeah, it. They're but, smug because they're Mac users. Well, yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, and, and, you know, and so they're more susceptible. Windows users, at least some of them, kind of know about stuff like this. But Mac users, you know, welcome. You wanted to be in the big time. So criminals are going <laughs> to target you too. So welcome to the digital world, Mac users. All right. And so moving on to the next one, this uh, comes directly. Uh, as an answer to a question we had in our uh, Linux Q&A episode a couple of weeks ago, uh, and I wish I'd found about this then. Uh, this is a, a tool, and I am pasting the link in the live chat room for those watching, uh, which you can do at elementopi.com slash live uh, every week at 8 p.m. Central or 8.26 p.m. Uh, roughly. So this is something written in Python, uh, but it's called the PSDM. Yeah. He's a coder, not an acronym creator. But Sidem. Sidem. There we go. Sure. But the Y is in the wrong place. It's Python. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's an application. It's a GUI application uh, that allows you to mount a disk partition uh, manually or, or automatically every time you log on. So we had talked about this before on how to do that. And we said you need to go in and edit the FS tab and that there's a long string of commands. Well, this guy's basically created a GUI for doing just that. Uh, it edits, I'm, I'm guessing it either edits the FS tab or it loads itself in startup and does it every time. I'm not sure which, but uh, it's in the Ubuntu repositories or uh, actually in uh, anything derivative of Ubuntu. So sudo apt-get install pisdom and you're good to go. But uh, that's, that's just an interesting thing that I will be checking out. I haven't used it. G. Duncan in the chat room says it works awesome. I haven't actually used it, but we have a, a user testimonial there. See, I'm still a big fan of just editing the, the um. Well, of course you are. The, You're the command line guy. Yeah, I, I know. But you know, and I said everyone that I would find what I used for, to put my auto mount thing, um, for my FS tab credentials. Um, I'm gonna paste that in after I sanitize it a little bit. I'll put that into the show notes and into the uh, the chat room so you guys can see what I've done through FS tab. G. Duncan in the chat room says, I'm too stupid to do FS tab. I think you and like everybody else. He's but, too stupid not to do it. Yeah. No, um, he's too smart to not. There you go. I'm trying to say is it's smarter to not use it when there's a GUI if you don't, if you're not a command line. But God if you're Chris, it, you're going to open I'm it up I'm not smart enough Vim. to make a clever turn of phrase. Yeah. Hey, what do you mean? Vim or Vim is good. It's a fun program. Yeah. See, that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next if one. If you need Chris to do that for you, he'll trade you some personal training. That's right. Uh, he will barter. Definitely. Uh, I have no problem with bartering. All right. So the next one we have is uh, something near and dear to my heart, and I know Seth's as well. Our favorite uh, lightweight puppy distribution, puppy uh, lightweight Linux distribution, Puppy Linux, uh, is uh, has released a new version, uh, 
racy and worry. That is two different things. 5.3. So <clears throat> so 5.2.2 came out in mid-November uh, of 2011, and now uh, 5.3 is out. Basically, code cleanup and UI fixes. Nothing groundbreaking, but uh, no reason not to go grab the latest. So you can find that at puppylinux.org, I think it is. I'm going to have to fire up my old Pentium 3 800 megahertz computer and go give Puppy a upgrade. I, Puppy is is awesome if you need something that is small and and uh, lightweight but very very functional. And and it's got pretty much anything you would need except a slick interface. It's got an interface, it's just not slick. Well, and even the newest version has pretty decent eye candy. It looks, you know, it looks pretty neat. Um, at least the last one I installed. I haven't looked at 5.3 yet. I'm going to have to give it a look. See. Okay. Uh, so next one on the list. <laughs> this this is not necessarily Linux news, but it's it's definitely uh, tech news. And it, it's, it came out since our last episode. The whole Google Glasses thing, the, the glass project. Um, Which is cool. It's one of those things, is it, you know, is it uh, hype or is it reality? Uh, Sergey Brin was seen wearing a prototype, but, you know, there are all sorts of prototype. Prototype doesn't necessarily mean it works. And he famously wouldn't let anybody touch it. Uh, there were people around him and, and nobody would, uh, he wouldn't let anybody anywhere near it, which means it might have just been a mock-up. There could have been like a blue LED shining in his, on his eye and nothing more. Uh, right. So the question is, is it all hype or is it real? Um, and you know, of course, nobody can can know that. But um, my question is, would you want one if you could have one? And B, the answer is a resounding yes. I want it. I want it bad. I want it today. Just for because listeners who haven't read the article, cool. Mark, describe what Google Glasses are. Oh, okay. Uh, the Google Google Glass Project. It's not glasses. It's the Google Glass Project. Is their their way of saying is is a HUD display. They're not necessarily saying it's going to be glasses, but it would be all of your social media. And, uh, of course, everything's heavily tied through Google Plus in their concept video. Uh, and, and I'll put a link in the show notes to their to their concept video about it. But uh, uh, it's voice activated uh, as well as uh, um, mo- uh, location aware, GPS aware, and all that good sort of stuff. So you can say something like, send a message to Bill. Uh, I'm on my way. And the little thing will pop up in front of your eyes. You'll see it. Uh, you know, do you want to send this? Click yes. And the idea is that it's aware. It's you know, it's the RoboCop uh, interface. Yeah. It's a head-up de- yep. design for uh, everything you see everywhere you go. I they want start it. using like I, you know, you know, blinks and things like that to do commands. Somebody with a twitch might accidentally <laughs> dial their mom, you know, in the middle of the night or something because they got something in their eye. Or- I think it'd be cool. I want it too. I'm right with you, Mark. Yeah. Even though I mean, in any bitty Glendive where there's nothing, you know, the whole location aware instead of a store probably wouldn't be very good. But uh, mm-hmm. I would so I, I'm all in. Send them to my house. To, I'll even buy a phone for having that one. Yeah, great to walk into a, to like walk into a Super Target and go Google Glass. Show me where the olive oil is. And it would pop up with like a little pointer indicator to tell you the direction to walk. Well, Google Maps is now somewhat location aware inside larger buildings. But yeah, in the in the Google video, they do that. You, they walk into a bookstore. They say, you right. know, show me the reference section, and it maps a path to it, which would be cool. But I don't think that database is anywhere near ready yet. 
But uh, just to be for equal time and a few laughs, um, I found a link today is what if Google Glass was run on Windows? You got to check that video out because it's yeah. pretty darn funny. It is very funny. Uh, well, uh, it's perfectly typical. <laughs> there's a, I'm sure most of you have heard about this app. But there's a cool app that is available out there for your Android phone, probably for iPhone too. I don't know. I don't have an iPhone. That is uh, GPS aware, Mark, for, um, and it will, uh, you basically set quiet zones. Like you could say my, my, the pod pod is a quiet zone. And when you go in there, it automatically puts your phone on vibrate. Um, and then when you yeah, leave it, it puts it back. Is one that does look, that. Is that the, yeah. Okay. I, I knew there's a couple of, I actually haven't installed one, but I've played with them. It's been a while. Um, don't have one installed, I should say. But that's a, that's a great idea. You know, if you have a couple areas where you just can't afford to, to not remember to put your phone on vibrate, you know, your office or, uh, you know, your 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 location of religious congregation of whatever that might type might be, or I don't know if you're a recording artist and you want it to be quiet in the studio. What would be cool is if you could set someone else's phone to a quiet zone. <laughs> that would be right. neat. Well, if you could, what would be really cool is if you could opt into a published list of quiet zones. So when you came into a quiet area, you just put your phone on vibrate for you. Well, no, like, you know, like I want my house to be a quiet zone. So if you come into my house, I understand that means you're, you're accepting the licensing agreement <laughs> for me to put your phone on so, vibrate. So your Google glasses pop up as you walk into Seth's yard. Uh, Seth says, Seth would like to set your no phone on vibrate. No okay? <laughs> By Think entering this right area, you agree to the, the license agreement set out here. Click yes. I have a listen, read and agreed to the license agreement. And I'm going to be just like Facebook at the bottom. <laughs> I have the right to change these agreement in any way I deem fit or for my benefit at any time in the future. So, <laughs> Remind me never to go to your house. <laughs> well, his house is pretty hard to find. Okay? Yeah, it's kind of, it'd be probably hard like your house to find. So Okay, so uh, the numbers game. Uh, Google says that over 850 thousand android devices are activated each day now wow it's a wow. lot of android devices that number has been going up and up and up and and it's it's almost hard to comprehend i mean apple says they've sold you know however million how many million ipads and iphones but eight hundred and fifty thousand a day is pretty massive right and yeah. that's activated that's not sold that's activated there's a big difference there activated means somebody's actually using it Right, but I wonder, does this count reactivations? Like, I went from this Android phone to this Android phone, so, you know, does that, and then if somebody reactivates the old one, does that count as, an, I'm just, uh, of course, this was like the Google CEO's, you know, we're the best company in the world speech, so, um, I just, just curious, there wasn't a lot of, in, there wasn't a lot of details, just some numbers thrown in. That's about 10 a second, all day, every day. And so that would include... I assume all the uh, Kindle fires and all the tablets and all the things that run on Android as well. Uh, I would guess that too. Yeah. But if you're, I wonder what the, how they define activation. So like if you get a tablet that doesn't have a phone device, I guess once you log in with your Google credentials, that counts as an activation. Yeah. And Huge I numbers. I was looking up Apple trying to figure out how many they sell. And the only thing I could find were analyst estimates. Um, but so I really don't know. Um, if you know the numbers of how many iPads are sold and or activated a day, feel free to let us know at elementop.com. Elementop.com. 
Com. <laughs> Wrong product. Yeah. Let's see. Where are we now? Browser market share. We'll go down the browser market share route, although I think it's kind of garbage. But uh, uh, according to PC World, Internet Explorer is up. Everyone else is down. And when we say that we're talking like um, Internet Explorer is up 1% over the past month, and if you combine all the other majors like Opera, Safari, well, Safari's not Safari's a bit player, but Opera, Google, uh, Chrome, and Firefox, between them, they've lost a percent. So, um, you know, it's one month, so it does not a trend make, but it seems that Microsoft's, if nothing else, the Internet Explorer free for all or free fall has stopped. And, you know, their latest browser is comparable. You know, it's yeah. not like, uh, you know, when when they killed Netscape by giving away their crappy internet browser, they had no reason to develop a new product. Um, and well, so they when put you money into it. How bad Internet Explorer Six was, and how it ruled the roost for so long. They don't really have to be good to to gain market share. They just have to not be terrible. Right. And that's where E right. nine is. It's not terrible. Yeah, I mean, to me, you know, and I don't. It's a it's a lot like parody. I don't. You don't have all of the extensions you can throw in it like you do with firefox or chrome but just has a browser to me i i see parity uh do you see between. microsoft opening up a, an extensions api for it probably not um i don't um but you know the, i don't know it would be cool i bet you if they did they would gain market share back but i don't know just something to think about I'm I'm a Firefox lover and have been since before it was called Firefox. It used yeah, to be me called too. Firebird or something like that way back when. When you just down you downloaded a zip file and unzipped it and ran it. There was no installer. That's how long I've been using Firefox. So it's going to take a lot to get me off of it onto anything else. But I don't, you know, I I go back and forth seamlessly between Firefox and Chrome and and IE when I need to is there too. And so yeah, I, I think there is really no reason other than personal preference to use one or the other. I ran into a website just yesterday where I was trying to actually use the contact me form to invite this person to be a guest on one meal one workout and it wouldn't work in Chrome. It had a, it had a, a captcha type thing on it. You type in H four nine three P R you hit submit and just got the hour, the, the, the spinning wheel, 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 well, wheel. Aaron, if you would have waited five minutes for the next version of Chrome to come out, it probably <laughs> would have been sure. <laughs> yeah. So I, I did wait five minutes. I actually let it go for about 10 cause I was just doing some other things. Came back and it was still going wheel, wheel, wheel. So I just went, <sighs> grab the address, IE paste, copy my message, paste. R593PQ submit point. Thank you for submitting your message. I was like, yeah. thank you. So yeah, it still comes up every now and then. Yeah. And and being that I work a lot, uh, deal a lot with state governments and such, I end up having to use uh, IE a lot for some of their stuff. In older versions the of the wheel IE. of stoppage. <laughs> wheel of stoppage. Yeah, <laughs> because you know, and unfortunately, a lot of states and even some big companies, you have to use the old versions. Right. of internet explorer you can't use We've, the new secure ones um yeah. but in order to make you more secure we're going to force you to access us over a leaky software i had somebody well, call me up the other day and say that in order to use this particular web-based software they had to have uh firefox 7.1 okay firefox is up to like 11 or 12 now uh um, 11 point something yeah 
chasing chrome and it was like it was like not earlier and not later you cannot be past firefox 7 you have to have 7.1 not 7.3 not 7.4 7.1 that's funny it took me a day and a half to find an old copy of firefox 7.1 somewhere and then you have to go through all the the tricks to tell it never to update it was ridiculous for this one piece of software they need to just sell that as a virtual machine with the Firefox 7.1 installed already and all that kind of That's crap. what I ended up doing. I set up a virtual machine so that they could do that and still have a modern browser everywhere else they go. I'm happy to announce that my company has now officially allowed me to move to IE8. Yay. As long as I'm running on my new Windows 7 machine. <laughs> <laughs> all the old wow. XP machines that are already deployed are still locked down on IE6. Wow. Six? Oh, my. Not even seven. Six. That's horrible. I'm sorry. Well, it's a it's a limit of of a application that we use that's being replaced by the application I now support that has some web extensions in it that we have not updated because we're going to replace it, and so we're kind of in that catch twenty two. We don't want to spend four million dollars to update an application that we're going to remove. <laughs> right. So while <laughs> we're talking it, while we're talking about browsers, sorry to interrupt there. Uh, no. In terms of mobile browsers, the built-in Android browser is said to be the most popular. And I think that's because most people, there are more Android devices than anybody else, and most people don't change their default browser. Well, if, you, if you listen to Apple's camp, there's more iPhones uh, than anything else. Uh, but, you know, I thought it was an interesting. And if you look at the chart, it shows the Android market share kind of falling, but they did a thing for the whole year of uh, 2011. And 2000, at the end of 2011, it had a pretty big lead in terms of percentage points, but actually in February, it showed it was behind Opera and narrowly ahead of of uh, iPhone. Are you sure? Either isn't either? Are any of you guys surprised that IE that that Microsoft hasn't tried to do an IE for Android or iPhone or something like that because of the fact? I mean, they they did one for for Mac. Well, they've been working really hard on their mobile platform, their Windows Phone 7 Series 7, Phone 7 uh, Series. Seven. Seven. Uh, so once they get that all worked out, then they'll just take over the world with that. Because um, Android is crap and Apple is crap, and only Windows 7 Phone Series 7, Phone 7, Series 7, <laughs> 7 is any good. Seven. Block 4. Seven. So, uh, yeah, four, yeah. <laughs> then they're just going to make sure that browser is good and it won't matter. That's currently in beta, right? <laughs> you know what i'm often wouldn't they make a killing in beta seth well? yes i i am perpetually in beta i am the google of people uh yes but you know i know tons of trivial information much like uh google um we need to we ought to do we ought to do a fitness podcast mark or seth about that that's what that could be your spent spinoff seth <laughs> you know my life is a beta yeah, and just talk about how you're changing. You know, you're just slowly developing yourself into this new person. That would be cool. But yeah, you know, if they made like an an mobile version of Office, like for the iPhone Store or the Google or whatever the all the different marketplaces are for Android or the iSeries, don't you think that would make a killing? There's a quick Office for Android. I don't know who actually makes it. But I, I just you know, just it's questions. Free. Okay, so moving right along, this to me is sort of a ho-hum article, but I'll put it out there. X, uh, X Server 1.12 gets multi-touch, which is kind of cool if you want to touch your Linux desktop. 
and I've think read, Linux tablet. Yeah, uh, and yeah. I get that, but these Linux tablet devices are not using X server. People are, uh, you know, uh, Ubuntu famously is moving away from X server. And other people are too. So I think it's interesting that they're, you know, it may be a little too little, too little too late for the good old fashioned X11. Yeah. Well, we have a, a little post about that a little bit later where um, there's a link on the Ferox site where they're talking about uh, Wayland and all the new things that Wayland is bringing. So that's coming and it's coming quick. So, Supposedly, right now, that Wayland is going to be oh, what was that quote that it's currently running on GNOME three point two or something like that. Yeah, GNOME shell is currently running on Wayland. They have some videos up on the the Felix or Froix or whatever the heck you say their website name is, and wow. they have a little breakdown of how everything is performance better. Yeah, Wayland is uh, one of. A number of things that are are the future. X X is pretty crufty. Well, but you see here, according to this article, Ubuntu twelve point oh four is released using X one point eleven, but incorporating the multi touch of one twelve. So even though it's Ubuntu, it's still running X underneath it. And Fedora seventeen, which you know is kind of business friendly. I just you know it's news, it's Linux, yeah. it's show related. Yeah, I, so, I'm not yeah. saying you shouldn't have put it there. I'm just saying I think that that the the news itself isn't a big deal. Yes, Aaron, I see that. I have a question. Anybody, I was looking at the article that in the show notes there. Does anybody besides me absolutely hate? Of course, you probably don't, Mark. Cause you probably have a pop up for. I mean, an extension for it in Firefox. Absolutely hate the the ad links in an article where you mouse over and it throws a pop up. Uh, oh yeah, I despise it with the intensity of a recently ignited supernova. <laughs> Wow, that's a me too, stupid. Seth. That put that put the pain in my heart into words. Thank you, my muse. You're welcome. I run AdBlock Plus in all of my browsers, and I forget the web has ads. Honestly, I, I, it's bad. Is there an AdBlock Plus for Chrome? Uh, yes, there is. I, I don't ever. I don't even mess with extensions most of the time. So. And I I recognize. I fully admit that I'm in the most technical sense of the word stealing from web pages by visiting their sites and not seeing their ads. But, um, yeah, I hate them, and so I run ad block, and I don't see them. Adapt or die. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't feel bad about skipping over commercials with my DVR either. Here's the funniest part. Ad block plus beta is now installed. <laughs> yes. Everything's beta. Everything's beta. So yeah, that's interesting. You uh, you get people like Rupert Mur Murdoch going crazy about ad blockers and saying you're killing our revenue stream. But does anybody um, call you a copyright theft or or a, a freeloader if you skip over commercials on your DVR? I mean, I, haven't we just sort of agreed that we've lost that battle? How do they fix that? They make interesting commercials that people actually want to see. That's how they fix yep. it. Nobody skips right. through a commercial on the Super Bowl. If I'm skipping through and I see one of those old Mac versus PC ads, I used to back up and watch those because yeah, they were interesting. They but were see, but you paid money, unless you're a Linux geek using Myth TV or something, to right. block the commercial. So they still got their money. They just did it through a backhand store thing. So I think the web just needs to find a better way to do ads that aren't annoying and that are actually worthwhile. And yeah. then, then I won't block them. Or product placement. It's all about product placement. There you go. This rant we brought need to, create to you the by digital Coke. end cap. 
<laughs> because Pepsi wouldn't pay us enough. Okay. <laughs> so the next, uh, th- we pretty much jumped over that. So the last story that we have is another ho-hum. Linux kernel yeah. uh, release candidate. Ha-ham-ham. There's a release candidate roughly every 97 minutes. But it's Linux. It's news. Maybe the biggest Linux news. So that there was a there was a Linux uh, 3.4 RC released uh, just yesterday. So there you go. Well, I read a quote by Linus that says, half the fun of open source programming is making fun of people. (laughs) (laughs) So you've got to bring stuff like this to the table. Um, And that wasn't the exact quote, I think, but that was the gist of it. That was a good uh, approximation. Sure. Exception to everything you just said. Uh, (laughs) I really want to take you to task on some of those items, Mark. Go ahead. List them one by one. This is (laughs) (laughs) a, um, it's not in beta. It actually is a fully functional application. Two, um, Spartan is a is an adjective as well as a, a person. And and C, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> and what you what you don't get there is that I actually lost the Skype call uh, during while Seth and I were talking, and so I came back in and said, Seth and I pretty much just wrapped that up, just agree with everything we said, mm. and that was Aaron's rebuttal. So he doesn't actually know what we said. But he wants to make no sure idea. he disagrees with it one way or the other. But he said it really well. He so. said it. Well, you know, after, after thinking about it, I've, I've I've come around to your way of thinking. Oh, okay, good. good. <laughs> so that, that's 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 piercing the fourth wall right there. We let you right in and let you know what goes on here in the pod pod for a time for a time. And so <laughs> that's pretty much it. We're we're done with our Linux news wrap up. And hey, we managed to get almost a full hour out of that. Uh, so, uh, do you guys have a uh, command line tip and an end user tip of the week? Nope, I was too lazy to get one ready for this week, but I'll find something for next week. I promise. All right, so Seth, have you got an end user tip this week? Uh, yes, I do. It is andcon.com slash arcade. Let the cheap, free Flash games flow in a browser near you. So, <laughs> okay. it's just, I mean, you know, if you have a kid... And you're like, I don't know what to do. Go here and see. You know, they knock off some games, and there's some original type games. Andcon, A-N-D-K-O-N dot com slash arcade. It'll be in the show notes, and they're Flash-based games. Some of them are fun. Um, some of them are not. <laughs> what kind of better rousing endorsement can you get than that? <laughs> some of those games are remarkably average. <laughs> Any of you guys out there in the in the chat room, if you've got a show topic, you could type it in the chat room right now, and we would have a full seven days minus an hour and a half to prepare for it. And also, if you're listening to this asynchronously, that word's just for you, Aaron. Thank um, you. And if you, you're not in the chat room, if you've got a show topic, something you want us to talk about, you can go to elementopi.com and let us know there. You can... Uh, uh, click on the uh, peer, uh, what show is this? Everyday Linux uh, forums. Go in there, and there's a whole thread there about show ideas, or you can start your own. If you're one of those guys that doesn't like to follow the crowd and you want to start your own thread, hey, you go right ahead. I'm okay with that. So go right the thread. Go right ahead and do that. Uh, do that the thing there where you make your own the thread. Boris um, make his own thread. Yeah, and and let us know, or you can click the contact us button at the very top of the page. And you let us know there what you want to do, and that goes. Or you can send us an email if you're an email guy. If you're walking around out there with your BlackBerry and you want to send us an email, 
you can do that. Send it, send it to EDL at elementop.com, EDL for Everyday Linux. It will go to all four of us. We will all see it, and therefore, uh, it cannot be ignored. It can be While disregarded. the physics require our response. <laughs> Uh, and also, there's a call us widget right there. You, so you can leave us a voicemail, and we will play that voicemail on the air, even if it's your kid singing happy birthday. We will do it. And that's a threat as well as a promise. Week, well, if you listen to your own show, you would know that. Uh, I've been a little busy this week. Yeah, um, okay. <laughs> as, no excuse. That come out Shame yet? on you. Yeah, it was Wednesday. What did it come out? Wednesday, okay. Wednesday. I usually don't have this on my, my download list because I'm on it. <laughs> You're pretty much aware of what goes on on this show. Yeah, as, as a general rule, I've only missed this one like maybe three times in the 40 episodes that I've been on it. So, yeah, I have not gone back and listened. Okay. I will now. So, anyway, thanks for being with us, everybody. Keep the show topics coming. We depend on them. If you don't want another show like this one, we need your help. Start- if you do want another Please. show like this one, seek help now. <laughs> <laughs> Click the little button that says uninstall <laughs> or disable. All right. I'm pulling the plug. Thanks for being with us, everybody. Thank you, my hosts, my friends, for being part of the show. And thank you, my friends, the listeners, for listening. You're the reason we do this. Honestly, uh, we can have these conversations ourselves and not broadcast them. But uh, you We the do reason- often. Yeah, you're the reason we do this. So thanks for being a listener. And uh, on behalf of my co-host, I will just say good night, everybody. And that ends this episode of Everyday Linux. Everyday Linux.